I'm Carol Cohn, and welcome to Purpose 360, the podcast that unlocks the power of purpose to ignite business and social impact. To be or not to be, that is the question at the center of our show today. And that's because we have Eleanor Allen, the recently appointed lead executive, meaning CEO, but lead executive is in B-Lab parlance. She has taken the reins from the founders of B-Lab, and she is now the second generation that's going to help continue to evolve the incredible B Corp movement. B Corps, for those of you who don't know or you want to know more, are businesses that meet the highest standards of verified social and environmental performance, public transparency, and legal accountability. And they aspire to use the power of markets to solve social and environmental problems. So much to learn. It's a fascinating conversation. So let's get started. So welcome to the show, Eleanor. Thank you, Carol. Happy to be here. I just want to talk a little about my excitement for having her on the show. Um, As our listeners know, I was one of the early pioneers in the field of business for good. And in that network was Ben and Jerry's and Anita Roddick. And I used to hang out with those guys. Then in 1992, um, I'll never forget, we were at a meeting of the Social Venture Network and everybody said, hey, let's create a chamber of commerce for responsible business. Who's in? And we all raised our hands. And so we threw some money in the pot and business for social responsibility was created in 1992. B-Lab came along with three college friends, right? They came together that was Jay, and Bart and Andrew, and they had this feeling that they wanted to do something different for business. That's a 15-year gap, listeners. I just want you to know this trajectory because it's taken a long time for us to mainstream this idea of business that can be a powerful force to advance our society, our environment, our economy, our employee welfare, and such. So now we turn to Eleanor. So Eleanor, you are now the lead executive for B-Lab. But what does a lead executive do? Lead executive does what a CEO does, but it's a new term and uh, we don't have any chiefs at B-Lab. We have heads and we have directors and we have leads and I'm the lead executive. So let's talk a little bit about your background. Why? role? So that's a great question. How did I end up at B-Lab? Well, before Water for People in my uh, my career trajectory, I was fairly traditional uh, civil environmental engineer. So through that experience, I realized, well, I had realized the power of business and I'd sort of gotten a bit disenchanted with business. Like I really wanted to go make an impact. So Went to Water for People and um, learned a ton about impact and a ton about philanthropy in the nonprofit sector. But I thought I really did miss business a bit because business was how I had grown up, how I was wired to work. But also I realized the power of business in in this world, in the world we live in. And and, um, the 
this is how this we function as humanity. We're um, business runs this world. So I thought, wow, wouldn't it be interesting if I could combine my business pass with my um, nonprofit experience? And that's when I started just having this uh, journey of where do I do? What do I do next? Your moral dilemma. Now, who fa- who found who? Someone said, hey, you know, there's this opening at B-Lab that sounds like something that might be right up your alley. Why don't you take a look at this brief, which was the profile for the role. And I read it and like, this is it. This is the job I want. That's fantastic. And I think your background is terrific because you've got B Corps all over the world from China um, to the U.S. You know, you are taking the reins from the founders. And so I'm just curious, what advice? Now, it's early. Yes, yes, yes. And they're wonderful, wonderful guys. First of all, are they going to still give guidance? You know, what's your advice to someone who inherits a movement company that is truly so many people are looking at it and that you're taking on these reins. It's I'm smiling because like when I was interviewing some people were like, are you serious? You're going to do b Like, don't you know that, the, that those are the founders? I was like, Oh yeah, I met them. They seem like nice guys. I mean, the reality is there's we're friends. Like we're, we've become friends on this role and they've been amazing to me. They wanted this change. They were ready for change. I'm a steward, and my role is to future-proof B-Lab and bring it to the next you know, level and um, then pass it off to someone else. And so working with uh, Bart and Andrew, and, and Jay is not part of B-Lab, but he's one step removed, so we still have he still comes to the board meetings. And, uh, of course, Bart and Andrew stay on the board. I think, for me, it's having continuing to have um, the relationship we have, learning, being able to ask questions. So having that open communication is key, but also being able to um, have them do what they want to do, like do their favorite things. Well, you know, there you go. That's great. So how many how many employees are at B-Lab? So at B-Lab Global, the, the organization I run, we're about 135. And then within the whole network with all the partners around the world, we're at about 400, 450. And so for our listeners, I'm sure they've heard of B Corps or B certification, but they don't know the details. And so if you could share, and I know it's you know long, but if you could do it briefly, what is a B Corp? What does it have to do to get certified? And why is that important for business today? Okay, yes. And these are companies that have voluntarily gone through this process because they uh, meet and 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 achieved enough points through the process. They meet the high standards, and these are fo- our standards are focused on business performance uh, overall, but sp- specifically on social environmental performance, on transparency of how you run a company, and your accountability of um, of the company beginning of a journey of continuous improvement because if you're certified as a, a B Corp every three years, you have to recertify with the intent that that next one, you are continuing to improve how you, your performance as a business. Meanwhile, we're continuing to improve our standards. So we're raising the bar. So it's not a, a one-time, not intended to be a one-time or static It's a dynamic process and it's setting your, your baseline, but also your path for continuous improvement, social environmental impact. How large is the community and how many countries? 
we're over 6,000. We've really grown in the last three years, but we we're going today. We're like 10 or 12 a day coming through the process. Uh, 89 countries, 159 different industries, the biggest being Natura. Oh, of course. Well, and some of the other names, which I mean, some of my fave. I mean, we just had Bombas on, on the show. Yeah, Bombas. Um, Etsy, Patagonia, um, Warby, Seventh Generation, um, Beauty Counter, um, Ben and Jerry's, of course, Allbirds. So great names. But I, I, but I, Danone, of course, I remember the CEO at Danone. I was at a conference and he said that they wanted to be, they were the biggest B Corp at the time before the Natura doing all its acquisitions. But he said, I don't want to be the biggest. I want others to be bigger than me. Is the movement mainstream now? You're, you know, 15, 16 years in, you've got these incredible companies from Natura to Bombas and others in between. We here even have a backlog of going through the assessment. Oh, yeah, we we have a huge backlog. That's one of my um, top priorities right now. And for those in the backlog, we are working on getting your wait time down. Are we mainstream? I mean, we're 6,000 companies out of 125 million in the world. So we have a long way to go. We have another 6,000 in the pipeline. We have over 200,000 companies using our tools online. Ah, okay. And maybe they don't want to all be certified, but maybe we can help them still improve their performance. Maybe they're just interested in climate or labor or the legal um, requirement. Uh, But like, how do we help these companies that are in the tool be part of the movement? to be a company. So great question. So you've got, you get B certification, B Corp certification. That's the 6,000 plus. And then you have this B impact assessment. So can you explain what that is? Cause it sounds like that's a very key engine driver to keep the movement growing. So there are 200 possible points. You have to get at least 80 to be certified. So you might go in and be like, wow, I I can't get to 80 because I need, um, you know, I need to do X, Y, and Z. It's going to take me a few years. But you know your focus area. You know where your low points are. You can use that as your your own roadmap for improving your company. But what's interesting, so their companies are going there like, I absolutely want to be certified. So that's like, we call those the people. Yeah, it's the first door. It's like I'm going in, I'm looking at it, I'm I'm gauging myself in various areas, and then I have to decide, hmm, am I going to go for certification or just go for getting better? Yeah. So in Eleanor's words, like those that go for certification get through, they're they're like the champions. They've gone through, they they're influencers to others. Then there are the companies in there that are the um the committed ones, like I'm going for it. It might take me a while. It's really hard. I'm not sure if I, when and how, but I'm going to get there someday. Then there's the curious ones who are like, wow, this is pretty interesting. <laughs> so there's the champions, the committed, the curious. Then there are ones who are just like on the fringe, you know, the, the watchers. But I think the ones that are the, the curious ones are the most interesting because what would it take to get them hooked? That's very exciting. And I love the fact it's the curious that you're looking into. Let's talk about the benefits of being a B certified, because we know a lot of our listeners are going, yeah, you know, I've taken the assessment and I'm on the, you know, I'm on the cusp. I want to get them to do it. So what are the benefits for them? I know a lot of the uh, companies that I personally know, it's a employee attraction and retention. Okay. Uh, Recruitment. Yep. um, for younger employees, like knowing their company, 
that they work for is interested in, in improving um, the people on the planet. Like that's important value. So core values of the company reflected that they went for it. They did the certification. So employee retention, employee recruiting retention, I think is one uh, for companies that have a product uh, marketing, right? So um, consumer products, you see the B on the label, you're like, oh, and I'm, you know, I'm obviously part of this cohort right now because I see the B everywhere where I didn't notice this before, maybe. You're I mean, going I'm, to Whole Foods and you're going to see a lot of bees. I get pictures from my friends all over the world sending me bees. <laughs> that's great. Shopping. For services industries, I mean, that's a little different because maybe it's on their website, but maybe that's how they market to their clients. Like, And then there's like the big thing is like, it's really running your business better, right? You're taking responsibility for your impact. I mean, that to me is the big future, like having companies take responsibility for the impact and then run their companies to be in with that in mind and always be looking for, is my company improving the state of the world? Is my product, does the, does the planet need this product or service that I'm, that I'm providing? And if so, am I doing it? Am I providing this product or service with the least impact? on the planet and the best impact on people. So obviously you've got the assessment. The assessment gives me, the business owner, you know, real valuable data and measurement about where I stand. How much so, okay, once I get into that community, woohoo, I got my B certification. Oh my God, but I got to keep getting better. Um, How much best practice sharing is in the community? Because I think that's an important benefit. So part of it, it, this isn't necessarily explicit, but the, but the expectation we want companies is not only be proud of that they're part of this community, but also influencing others and to change the way they run their businesses and um, change the way they think about the role of business in the world we live in. I'm curious, is that a requirement that you need to be uh, kind of ambassador is that something that you think it's part of just the ethos uh, of the community? I would say I went to my first um, champions retreat. So the champions, you know, my little, the little Ooh. group of like. How many? Uh, so was, this was, so they're generally regional. This was U.S. Canada. It was in November in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, I want to say, I don't know, like 600 to 1,000. Oh, a lot. It was that's a, a lot. That's a big group. Big group. Okay. What were the one or two most, you know, consistent questions you were asked? Consistently about the standards, like where are we going at B-Lab? It's like this tension between being an inclusive and exclusive community. Like the ones that are in, we don't want the riffraff coming in. The ones that are trying to come in want to get in, but want to make sure it's they can make it in. And so like what is actually changing in the standards was a common question, which we're in the evolution of the standards right now. But what we one thing we know we're leaning towards and that we had put out for public consultation is what we're calling performance requirements, basically prerequisites that you have to do certain things. I want to talk about what are your and you can't have favorites because, you know, no parent can say, I like this one better than another. You can't do that. But there might be there must be some besides Patagonia, because everybody loves Patagonia. Amazing. Um, You know, are there one or two that really struck you big or small? And there might be a little story that you can say, like, why did it really touch you? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many. I um. 
I'm reflecting on a conversation back at that same event. And I, I had talked to, um, CEO prior, but I'd met him here from the Grace, Grayson Bakery. I don't know if you know Grace. Oh, Bakery. I know Grace. They're going to be on the podcast. Oh, awesome. I okay. love They're those awesome. guys. They're great. Yeah. They have a lovely new CEO. He's great. Yeah. Yes. So he's wonderful. So basically the concept that anyone can come in and, um, you know, they don't ask for references. They don't ask for your resume. They don't ask for background checks. Like, you want a job? We need more workers. So really brings in people who have been marginalized in the past to be able to work, get meaningful employment, and then they have a larger labor pool. So this has been um, really successful at Grayston. And now the body shop is also doing this, um, which... I think Which is kind of funny because the body shop started by Anita. I mean, I knew Anita. I actually worked for her one hot minute. I loved Anita. And she passed way, 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 way too young. Um, but, you know, she always said she created a company not to sell stuff, but to give, a, you know, a podium to, you know, under-resourced, underserved, unnoticed, marginalized people. And then they kind of got bigger and went through all their trials and tribulations. And then they got bought by Natura, right? Um so, but, but tell me about Body Shop today. Why is it so, why did it pique your interest? Because they're doing the open hiring there now based on the Grayston model. So Grayston's helped Body Shop do this. Um, and then like just in Natura. So I knew Natura because I lived in Brazil for a while, back before I even knew anything about B Corp or anything. So I, I actually bought their products. I really liked their products. And uh, so I'm a bit biased just because of my Brazil connection. Are there any little teeny tiny ones that, that wow you went, oh, my God, look how small they are. They've only got like a million dollars or two million in revenues, but they're so committed. Uh, oh, little companies? Oh, yeah. I mean, like I got this one here um, on my desk as well. Mongo Kiss Eco Lips. They're, they're a small company. They They are certified. So let's talk a little bit about the demand, because I know in one of your reports, uh, you know, your certifications rose 44%, your submissions for certification from 2019 to 2021. So all of a sudden, everyone wants to jump on this train, but there's not enough cars for it. So what are you doing to, you know, rev up? Because I'm sure it's one of your first things you have to address that you can get more of these submissions reviewed. Yes. Um yeah, like that's my burning platform at the moment, as you can imagine. So we're starting, um, we're mapping our processes. We're looking for ways we can automate to get things through faster and to have consistency in our um, verification reviews. That's a big one. We're looking also for technology because all the company, once you're certified, your data is there as part of the transparency of being a B Corp. So looking at ways to, um, use the data, analyze it, do different slices and cuts and cohorts and aggregate it in different ways. And then getting these new standards really integrated with the verification process as we uh, roll them out. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm curious, how long does it take? So if you're a medium-sized company and you're a product company, not a service, what's the range of time it takes where you decide, yes, I'm going to do it, I'm going to go through all this this assessment, and get an answer to the questions, et cetera. What's the time range? Well, right now our wait time's about 10 months. To even to even get into the process? Well, no, to get through the process. On your side, I mean, it's hard to answer because it depends how, but it can take, you know, several weeks to 
get all the information put in. I mean, you're not working full time on this, but putting all these things and answering all the questions because you have to go look for data and proof that you did whatever you're saying you did. Sure. Okay. So um, it's not, it's not, you know, I would say if you're going to embark on this journey, it's probably next year that you'd have be certified. Okay. So you you also said, so you went to this incredible conference and uh, you you talked to all your champions or whatever. And you said the question that they asked was like, are we too lenient or are we too tough? And so there was an article where 30 of your members, I guess we call them members, your community, um, it was an open letter in Fast Company in, in June 2022. And it was, in, it, it give the background about Nespresso and, and how it was approved and because that's what caused, I think, a bit of the uproar. So, you know, how are you dealing with this issue? Oh, yeah, that is that was sort of the trigger. So that is the month I was hired, by the way. So I think oh, welcome one, to our community. Yeah, week one when all this was, I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening here? Uh, so Nespresso got certified, and um, we have lots of companies, coffee companies, certified, and a lot of them, are, of course, if not all, smaller than Nespresso. I don't, I'm not sure about that, but. Um, Nespresso is a mainstream company with a name. And so big up or like, how could that be? How could they have gotten through the process? So there, of course, it took many years for Nespresso to get through the process. And they had to change the way they did business in many ways, a lot of it in their labor practices and, and then on their little uh, pods and things. Um, so they did meet the criteria and um, change the way they did business to become certified. So for B-Lab and my colleagues were on this journey with them for many years. Like this was a, a difficult and lengthy process, but it was also, it did meet the intent of taking a mainstream company to really improve the way they did business. Okay. But when it's in the headline, Nespresso certified, the, the small companies in the community are like, well, wait a minute. Like, no, like they shouldn't be let in because they're, they're, they're big and they're bad. Therefore, they're bad. Not knowing all the backstory, but of course they had to meet the same criteria. They had to do the same assessment. Now you're, but you're evolving. You're, I read that you're evolving your standards. So uh, can you just share a little bit about that evolution? So the performance requirements is what we're calling this sort of the prerequisites. This is the part of the evolution. Um, we are going to have companies share uh, how they do in these specific areas. Fair wages is one. The climate action, circularity, environmental stewardship. Those are the prerequisites there. And then collective action, impact management, and risk. Um, and then how, how do you really use the concept of stakeholder management and how you run your company? So I'm all for this evolution. So I'm going to, that's a great segue to, I know you're new. And so we won't hold you to this, but what's your vision for like what the movement's going to look like in 10 years? Oh my gosh. Well, what so do you I, wish for? Yeah. That's, well, that's all we can hold you to right now. Well, we're, we're working on vision 2030. So that's what, seven years. This is all like, this is Eleanor's words because we haven't codified our, our, our mission for the movement, but really getting, you know, that, that people around the world know what B Corp is. It's not just a niche thing. Great. That, so it's not, okay, no longer niche. Great. Everybody in the U.S. knows what Kleenex is. Like, everybody should know what a B Corp is. Um, that that we still are the, um, like, the gold standard for business 
performance management. And that our tools, I mean, really, we're, our, our, we're software, we're tools, that they're integrated into, you can go in there and click on the BIA and see like, oh, like we just got a new uh, waste management contractor. Like, oh, let's go see what they did to our carbon emissions. Like, oh, awesome. Like we're continuously improving. But that's, it's a dynamic management tool, part of how, integrated with how you manage your finances and how you manage you, your human resources. It's just available to you as a, um, as how you run your business. So, that, I mean, 10 years, maybe. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lose that dream. I think we could actually probably get there. Oh, I'm sure you can with your background and your ultra cyclist, you know, in, you know, in your core, you're not going to give up on that. So unfortunately, we're winding down, but, um, you know, I, we're going to have a multiple conversations over the years as you settle in further, because, you know, you've got incredible intentionality and great background. Um, I'm just curious. So um, what advice do you have for people that are either starting their careers or they're mid-stage professionals and they want to be involved, either work for you or create a B Corp, or they just want to create business for good? Well, there are many avenues to connect. Um, depending where you are, if you, we have like local hubs, we call them B Locals, sort of networking. Um, so those are ways to connect with the local B Corps and under, and help with the movement here and talking about it. I think uh, also just finding ways to um, share what whatever interests you, if it's like the climate part or something else about the, the certification, the standards, finding a way to connect with those. And it's interesting, this organization, like it's everyone who's come here has come from a different path in life. We all got here through a different journey. I think if this is something that's interesting to you, follow your heart and figure out how to find like either um, what I what I was made most impact is if I look back, you know, all hindsight, either like the people I've worked with that were hugely inspirational and influential in my career or the things I worked on that were super motivating that like got me out of bed every morning. Like I can't wait to go to work because I'm so excited about this X project. Finding those things that, you know, then then work is 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 joyful and rewarding and it's not um it, your work is also your purpose yeah, so your your moral dilemma has truly been solved if someone if you're um at you know some business conference not a not a b corp business conference a general business conference about strategy and growth and business for good um an economist group or or something like that or you're at a sustainable brands or somebody else they're not a member yet can you succinctly say to them why they should become a B Corp. Why should they become a B Corp? To improve the way you run your business. It's it's improving not only your bottom line, but also improving your impact and being responsible for your impact. Super, super. Okay. So in closing, you get the last word. How would you like to just leave this this great conversation? I would say um, if this has piqued your interest and you're curious, I mean, can always reach out to me through Carol or uh, however, you know, um, I'm, I'm a very good connector and networker, so I can find you the person you need wherever you are in the world. Um, if you are super intrigued and you want to learn more, I mean, we have lots of resources on our webpage 
We even have our own um, podcast called Forces for Good. That you do. I know. I've listened. It was great. It was very yeah, good. In depth, yeah. different areas. So if you have a specific area of interest, um, that's been really popular. And just don't give up. Like follow this path, and there can be a fit for you. Even if the certification is too high a bar, there are other thing tools and resources we can offer to help you improve your performance and be a um, using to use business as a force for good. So, so Eleanor, Alan, this has been a great conversation. I want to, she's so enthusiastic. She's full. I love the left brain, right brain, multidimensional woman that you bring to this with your incredible global um, expertise. I, I know that with that um, is going to really further ignite um, the B Corp movement. And we're going to get together probably in about a year and to see how you're doing. Oh my gosh, it'll be so different. I can't wait. Oh, it'll be, it'll be great. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Eleanor. It's been a great conversation. Thank you, Carol. This podcast was brought to you by some amazing people, and I'd love to thank them. Anne Hundertmark and Kristen Kenny at Carol Cohn on Purpose, Pete Wright and Andy Nelson, our crack production team at True Story FM, and you, our listener. You know, we love hearing from you, so please give us feedback. Let us know names of people you'd like to hear on a future episode. How about some new questions to ask? And also, please rate and rank us, because we really want to be as high as possible as one of the top business podcasts available so that we can continue exploring together the importance and the activation of authentic purpose. We all know every company, every brand, every not-for-profit must define their purpose, refine it, and activate it, and evolve it over time so it has the greatest impact on business, growth, and society. And by listening to these episodes and sharing them with your colleagues and talking about them, I want to inspire you to have an amazing answer to this question. What is the power of your purpose? Thanks so much for listening.